Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, the final segment of today's program. Do me a favor. While uh, I have you here, uh, take this invitation. Uh, download the KSL News Radio app. Why? For a number of reasons. First off, you can get uh, written reports on all the stories we're covering here at KSL News Radio. The reporters we have deployed throughout the state do a remarkable job uh, to make sure that you are up to speed on things uh, going on here on the airwaves as well as on the KSL News Radio app. You there can also listen to listen to archived segments of the program here. And today I had a conversation with Coach K, Kamala Kamad, uh, who's an educator and a coach, someone who has become in this past year a, a good friend of the program, that helps us uh, understand much that we wouldn't otherwise understand. He and I had a conversation about making sure that Martin Luther King Day, specifically the themes of Martin Luther King Day, aren't something or aren't things that are simply celebrated and shared on social media for one day in then once the sun sets and we are up and at them tomorrow, totally forgotten. Listen to that segment. It took place just after 1 o'clock. Kamal Ahmad, uh, Coach K, uh, my conversation with him about Martin Luther King Day and making sure that it is more than just uh, one day on the calendar. KSL News Radio app, powered by Any Hour Services. Have a listen. All right. Uh, now, this this last story... I'm going to share with you. Bear with me. I saw a headline last weekend as I was wrapping up for the week, and it triggered a memory in my mind and a story and a set of lessons that I have, ever since hearing the story for the first time, uh, tried to tried to involve in my life. The, the headline that I saw, it was a, a sad and sober one. And it was that uh, it came from the New York Post. And, you know, feel what you will about that publication. Uh, but the headline reads, Wealthy, sweet, and low magnate Donald Tobert leaps to his death from New York City apartment. That's heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. 89 years old is how old uh, the, the man was, the head of Sweet and Low, uh, before he, uh, as was reported in the Post, uh, committed suicide by jumping from his Park Avenue apartment building. That's what law enforcement uh, sources are saying. Yeah, a heartbreaking thing. 1,400 employees uh, at Sugar Foods, the name of the company which owns the Sweet and Low brand. Uh, and my, my heart broke uh, because, uh, you know, a loss of life is always heartbreaking. Uh, it was later revealed that he was struggling with Parkinson's disease and just uh, the unfortunately sad story of his final days uh, was one that just broke my heart. And it also reminded me of something. It reminded me of a conversation 
that I had a number of years ago with a young man named Rich Cohen. Rich Cohen is the uh, is the distant relative of a man named Benjamin Eisenstadt. Now, how does this all fit together? Benjamin Eisenstadt was the founder and the inventor of Sweetenlow. Sweetenlow is the the artificial sweetener. You see it in those uh, yellow rectangular packets. And as I learned uh, of the death of uh, today's leader of Sweetenlow, I couldn't help but remember the story told to me by uh, Rich Cohen and his relative who years and years ago invented Sweetenlow. Not the only thing he invented, though. Here's Benjamin Eisenstadt's story. A man who himself died at 89 in April of 1996 in New York City. He, in earlier days, along with his wife Betty, they operated a cafeteria in Brooklyn Navy Yard. And this cafeteria, one of the items on the menu, of course, was coffee. And folks would come in each day to get their cup of coffee, and they would sit down, and they would, to sweeten the coffee, they would have uh, that glass cylinder. They'd tip some out. uh, It would get all over the place, and it was up to Betty, Benjamin's wife, to, at the end of the day, clean up all that spilt sugar. She was not a fan of that spilt sugar, often complaining to Benjamin, an inventor, that he figure out some way uh, to remedy the mess that was made each day on the tables of of the cafeteria. Benjamin was entrepreneurial. He also, at the same time, uh, was in the tea business. He had a piece of machinery that would take the loose tea leaves and package them up into tea bags. Well, uh, you know, for whatever reason, in the mid-1940s, when uh, tea, for whatever reason, had a, a pretty significant slump in business, the tea market slumped, He thought, well, how can I, with these unused teabag machines, how can I uh, somehow address the situation that my wife complains so much about, and that is the spilt and messy sugar all over the table? Benjamin Eisenstadt took the unused teabag machine, and he took small portions of sugar, he placed them inside uh, these teabag packets, and sealed it shut. And so it was that in a cafeteria in Brooklyn Navy Yard that years and years ago, this Benjamin Eisenstadt had essentially invented the sugar packet. Yeah, those rectangular packets that we take for granted today, ultimately uh, becoming you know, the same way that, say, uh, ketchup and soy sauce and duck sauce and all those, that all stemmed from the imaginative mind of Benjamin Eisenstadt. And where does Sweet and Low fit in? Uh, well, <laughs> ever entrepreneurial, he followed uh, the course to its natural natural progression. As uh, some got a bit nervous about the impact of uh, sugar on their health, he uh, came up with a formula for a, a powdered saccharin sweetener. And he developed that, developed that, ultimately patented it, and it became what we today know as Sweet and Low. Now, why do I tell that story? It's because sometimes things go south. Sometimes the tea market fails. Sometimes there are challenges you have to overcome. Sometimes there's a pile of spilt sugar on the cafeteria table. And sometimes the shortcomings in one area of life end up being the solutions uh, to other areas. I think that right now, as things are pretty divided in this country, maybe even divided in your own home, we can take some of the ingenuity of Benjamin Eisenstadt, at least the spirit 
of his ingenuity and apply it to the shortcomings in our own lives and in our own circumstances, either professionally or at home with the family or who knows, maybe personally. But there's always a solution. There's always a way around that uh, which is troubling us. Uh, Benjamin, all those years and years ago, uh, showed us exactly that. Uh, and it was the death of Sweet and Low's founder, uh, and, well, rather, leader today, uh, that reminded me of that story and that lesson. Hopefully you got something from that. Time for me to step aside. I'll be back tomorrow at 1230. Now, time for Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News here on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.